What's up, church? You sound good. I don't know what location you're at, but Littleton is on fire today. What's up, Littleton, Lakewood, Arvada, Austin, Texas. What's up, Austin? Brussels, Belgium, we love you so much. Both God Behind Bars campuses, men and women. We're so proud of you. We love you. We're so glad you're with us today. How many of you are joining us for the first time today at whatever location? Put your hand up. Oh, man, we're so glad you're here. Make some noise for our visitors. We like to tell you right up top because you're going to figure it out anyways. We're a bunch of messed up, imperfect people. Uh, we're not, we don't even have the energy to pretend that we're perfect, all right? So the good news for you is, is no matter where you're at, no matter what you've been through, no matter what you're going through, no matter where you're at with your faith, no matter where you feel like you're at with God right now, whatever's going on, we want you to know from the bottom of our hearts, we're so glad you're here. You're going to be loved and welcomed and believed in, and you've already been prayed for. So welcome home. Welcome to Red Rocks Church. All right, if you have a Bible, flip open to Joshua chapter 6. How many of you, uh, you're ready and believing for a breakthrough today? That was, that, was, that was not enough of you. How many of you are ready and believing for a breakthrough? That's what I'm talking about. Hey, listen, I know what it's like, and if you're watching or listening online, what we've already done at all of our locations is write down something that we're asking God to give us a breakthrough in, in, in a cert certain area of our lives. So go ahead and do that wherever you're watching or listening from. But I know what it's like. To, to want a breakthrough in a, in a particular area, yet be at one of those places in life where you're like, look, I know I need it. I, I just don't know if it can actually happen. And if that's you, I want you to just borrow my faith for yourself for the next half hour because I have so much faith that God's going to do something really just awesome in your life before you leave here today. So, all right, so we're going to read Joshua 6. So let me set it up for you. The nation of Israel has been in the desert for 40 years. They just went through the Jordan River. God brought them through in this miraculous fashion. They, they made it to the promised land, and that's where we're going to pick up their story. And what they're about to find out, and this will be so helpful for you, literally for the rest of your life, if you grab onto this today, what they're about to find out is there's, there's oftentimes uh, in our lives when God will say, I'm going to give you something. He'd already told him, I'm going to give you every place where you put your foot. God will give you an opportunity and he'll put it in front of us, but then he'll rely on us to fight to go take hold of it. He'll rely on us to actually stand in faith, to go through the grind, to trust him through some crazy stuff and fight for the very freedom that he's provided us with. And I was asking myself this week and actually asking God, like, why is that? Why not just give it to him? And I felt like the response I got from God and as I was going through this story is because I need them to be prepared for where I want to take them. And, and sometimes the requirement for us to fight where we're at, that I got to grind a little bit, I got to stand in faith a little bit, I've got to battle to take hold of what God has for me, oftentimes that's making me stronger. It's, it's, it's helping my faith. It's building my character. And those are the things God knows I'm going to need for where he wants to take me. And the same thing's going on in your life today. So it's very possible that God's like, I want you to be set free from this. I want you to experience freedom. I want you to have breakthrough. And now I'm asking you, are you willing to go to battle for it? And that's where I think we're at today. So Joshua chapter six, verse one. Now the gates of Jericho 
were securely barred. If you've been around church for a while, you've heard of this battle. It's a famous one. The gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. So they're in this holding pattern in life. God does a miracle, brings them through the Jordan. They're in the promised land. And all of a sudden, it's the very first of 31 battles that they're going to have to fight to take the promised land. And all of a sudden, they feel stuck. There are these walls in front of them, and it's impossible. Like, it can't be done. I'm, I'm not going to be able. No one's coming in. No one's going out. Like, I don't know what to do. They're stuck. And I started reading this this week and went, well, we know what that feels like. Have you ever felt called and stuck at the same time? Yeah. Right? Like, God, I know what you're calling me to do. It just doesn't, I don't know how to make that happen. And, and I feel like I, I know who you're calling me to be. And that feels impossible. I, I know there's a dream you've put in my heart. You're doing something. You're, you, you've put a dream in it and some ambition and, and a certain calling on my life, but I don't know how to get there. I don't know how to make it happen. I'm called and stuck at the same time. We know that feeling. When, when I was an intern, um, way back in the day, me and Parks and BZ and Chad, we all got saved at the same church and, and, and um, all of us except for BZ interned there. And me and Chad were interning at the same time. And every Tuesday, part of our pastoral training was to meet with the director of the intern program. And so every Tuesday, we'd have to fill out some information about uh, just how our intern training was going. And one of the things we had to do every week was we had to write down, what are you struggling with? Um, what do you want breakthrough from? In the exact same way that we asked you to write that down today, we had to do that every single week. And for two years, every Tuesday, I wrote down the same thing, anger. I'm like a bunch of you. I've been through some stuff. I went through some stuff growing up and, and I was uh, separated from God and I didn't know how to process it. And so the only thing I knew to do was get mad. The truth was I was hurt, but being mad seemed easier, I think. Especially, uh, especially more manly maybe, right? And so it was easier to be mad than hurt. And so I just grew up angry. I just, I always wanted to fight. My problem was I wasn't very big, so it didn't always go well. But I always wanted to fight. Like I was just mad all the time. And so I'm writing down, anger, anger, anger. God, help me, help me, help me. And, and I felt like I was making some progress through the internship. And me and Chad graduated. And there was a Sunday where the pastor asked me to speak on a Sunday for the very first time. And, and so I had spoke at the youth group a couple times. And, and there's some funny stories there because the first time I spoke at the youth group, I got King Saul and King Solomon completely confused and led a whole bunch of kids astray. It was fantastic. <laughs> and so, so that was my first. So here I am. I haven't spoke very many times. I'm going to speak on the main stage, big church. We call it a big church. I'm speaking a big church. And we were a Justin Timberlake church. You wore your suit and tie. All right. You wore your suit and tie, tie. I be on my... What just happened? I've heard there's cuss words in that song. Ronnie was telling me, I don't know. I just listened to the Christian version. So, um, so you wore your suit and tie at this church. And so I have my suit and tie and I'm preaching on the love of God. And, and my whole message was, you know what? The Bible says that the world will know that we're followers of Jesus by the way we love each other. That was my message. I thought, man, I killed it. I'm going home. Come on, Chad. 
Me and Chad got in the car. Most of my biggest mistakes in life end up me going, yeah, I was with Chad. And uh, <laughs> me and Chad were heading home because he lived with us at the time. And, and so we're going home, and a guy pulls out in front of us at a four-way stop and then, like, gives us, like, one of these and then flips me off out the window. And in my suit, I throw the door open. I get out in the middle of the intersection, and I'm trying to get in a fight in the middle of the street. And all of a sudden, I hear Chad through the window. He's like, Johnson! He goes, get in the car. I go, why? He goes, because you preached about God's love eight minutes ago. <laughs> and I'm standing in the middle of the street. And I was like, ah, yeah, oh. Ooh. I was like, I blacked out for a second. I was like, you have yourself a blessed day, sir. <laughs> I wish that story wasn't true. I went home. I went home and I was so humiliated and, and I was so defeated because I was like, man, I, I thought I was making progress. You ever feel that? I know who God's calling me to be and I thought I was actually making progress and then you slip up and you realize like, no, I'm, I'm real human and, and I need freedom and I need help from almighty God to get there. Like that's how I felt. And, and so these guys, man, they, they are called, but they're stuck. So what do we do when we're called and feel stuck at the same time? Let's keep reading. Then the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. On the seventh day, March around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout, and then the walls of the city will collapse, and the army will go up, everyone straight in. Now, if you don't hear that and go, what? You've been in church too long. You've heard this story too many times and you already know God's gonna do a miracle and the walls are gonna fall and they're all gonna go in. Yeah, that's gonna happen. But I'm telling you, the first time you hear this, you've got to be asking yourself, like, what in the world? Imagine being Joshua. He doesn't know the end of the story. All he knows is I have a calling on my life and it seems crazy sometimes, and I don't always know how it's gonna turn out, and like my life is on the line. My family's life is at stake. I'm leading a whole bunch of people, and you're telling me to walk in a circle, carry the Ark of the Covenant, get the guys with trumpets to walk with us, and shout? We're gonna shout them to death? We got spirit, yes we do, we got spirit. How about you? Like is that what we're doing? What? So now I'm reading this and I'm like, wait a minute, we know what this feels like because now they're called, they're stuck and confused. And I went, well, that's our life. How many times have I felt like God's calling me to do something and I don't feel like I can do it. I feel stuck. And then I feel also on top of all of it, I'm confused by what I think he's asking me to do. So what do we do? What do you do when you need a breakthrough and you feel stuck? and confused at the same time. And here's what I want you to start thinking about. If you need a breakthrough, I want you to start thinking about these three things. Take a screenshot of this, it's gonna help you later. Think about what you've been through, what you look through, and who's walking with you. 
I need a breakthrough. What do I focus on right now? What you've been through, what you look through, and who's walking with you. Let's break these down. Number one, when you want a breakthrough, one of the best things you can do right up top is start to remember what God's already brought you through. God, I'm standing here for a breakthrough. I need a breakthrough. I need your intervention. I'm scared. I'm nervous. I'm worried. I got anxiety. I don't know how this is going to turn out. And I believe God would say to some of you today, then you need to start remembering on what I've already brought you through. That's going to be step one in you receiving a breakthrough today. I, I experienced that this week. Um, and, and I got this story and I was asking my wife, I'm like, babe, should I tell this story? And she's like, tell the story. I'm like, but they're going to think it sounds stupid. And she's, all, she's like, yeah, but it's real, right? And I never promised you we'd be perfect, but I promised you we'd try to be real, right? And, and, and this, this, this thing is so key. Like God, God was telling Joshua, like before they even got to the battle of Jericho, God was telling Joshua, it's so important that you remember what you've been through. In fact, you have to read this on your own, but in Joshua 4, they just get through the Jordan River. They just hit the promised land. They want to start running into the promise, and God goes, no, 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 you're not going anywhere yet. Come here. And Joshua's like, what's up, God? That's just how he said it. What's up, God? And uh, different versions. And and God's like, hey, send 12 of your guys back into the river. Go read this for yourself. Joshua's got to be like, what? The river you just brought us through? Yes. Send 12 men back into the river. Go get in the middle of it. Get 12 large stones. Come over here and build a memorial because I don't want you to ever forget what I brought you through. Read it for yourself. He tells Joshua, he says, every time you see it, every time you think about it, when your kids see it, when your kids ask you what it's about, I want you for generations to remember what I brought you through because where I'm calling you, it's going to get difficult sometimes. It's going to be uncertain at times. You're going to be scared sometimes. You're not going to know what to do sometimes. You're going to feel stuck sometimes and you're going to need a breakthrough. So when you need a breakthrough, remember what I brought you through. So a couple weeks ago, me and Jill went to this pastor's round table is what it was called. We met for 12 hours a day, two days in a row with 31 other pastoral couples. Some of you are like, I'd rather put my hand in a blender. I get it. I hate meetings, but I was real excited for this one because we were going to get the chance to, to sit and listen to Pastor Chris Hodges from Church of the Highlands help us become better pastors. And the truth is, at the core of who we are, like me and my wife's dreams, our dream is to be your pastors. And we want to, we want to, we want to do better. We want to do a good job by you. So we go to this thing hoping to do that. Man, it was so great. We met so many great people. Got to hear so much great teaching. The whole thing's over. We're about to go back to our hotel. And this couple comes up to us. And this pastor, I mean, he comes up to me with like more energy than I have on my best day. Like I want his energy. And he comes up and he's like, hey. He goes, you a spur of the moment guy? And I'm thinking, I got three kids. Like, I haven't been spur of the moment for like 15 years. But I wanted to be cool, so I lied, right? And I was like, yeah, bro, spur of the moment. He goes, why don't you go on vacation with us next week? What? We literally just met them. I thought, he's not serious. 
We go back to the hotel. Sure enough, he sends me a text. He's like, bro, we're going. It's us two and you two and one other couple, the six of us. And the other couple happens to be someone who me and Jill have literally looked up to since we started a church. Like, they're an amazing couple, and we learned so much, and we've never met them, but we learned from them. So now, every anxious part of me is like, going like, because all I can see is three days of making pretend conversation with people I don't know and trying not to say something stupid. Like, that's all I can, and it just, that doesn't sound, like, sounds tough, right? And so, I call a friend of mine, I'm like, bro, here's what this, my friend asked if we should go, and I don't think I can, and I'm super nervous already, and he's like, stop being a wimp, go. <laughs> so I called him, and he's like, bro, we're, we're taking care of the plane, we're taking care of the house rental, we rented a boat for a day, like, we got everything, we just want to bless you. And I'm like, hmm, that sounds like God. <laughs> Let's do that. So we go, sitting at dinner one night, and Everything in me just wants to be cool. I'm just not. And they're having all this conversation, and like I've got things I want to say, but my mouth just won't move. And I'm just like, I... and at one point, my wife's like, stop it. Stop being weird. Why are you so quiet? Stop, be yourself. I'm like, I can't. I don't know. I'm just. What was happening is, is the next day was boat day. And I started, if you don't get anxiety, you might not understand this, but if you do, you're going to be like, yep. I was getting anxiety about possibly getting anxiety tomorrow. <laughs> Anybody who struggles with anxiety, you're like, preach that. I know. You, we get anxiety thinking about a situation that might get us anxious. That's what we do. So tomorrow's boat day. So I'm, I'm already anxious. I'm thinking... My wife loves boats, guys. The last time we were on a boat, my wife and kids had the funnest day in the world. I stood on the back and puked the whole time. And I'm super claustrophobic, which shouldn't be a problem you're thinking on a boat because you're in the middle of the ocean and it's like spatial, right? No, you're actually trapped on the boat. And that's why I feel claustrophobic because you can't get off even if you want to. I know, I'm jacked up, but it's real. So I'm having all this anxiety about boat day tomorrow because I'm thinking I'm going to have a claustrophobic panic attack and possibly puke on one of my heroes. God, take me now. Like, that's all I could think. I know this is a silly story, but I'm telling you, it's going to help you process and get a breakthrough in what you wrote down. I'm not kidding. Listen, so, so we get to our room, and I'm like, babe, I can't go on boat day because, you know, all the stuff. And she knows, and she, she loves this stuff, but she's so cool. She's like, you know what, babe? I'm going to tell him tomorrow morning, thank you, but no thank you. We're not going to go on the boat. We're going to stay here and chill. I'm like, you mean it? Okay. Well, I start, we go to sleep. My wife, every night we go to sleep, it's just, oh my gosh, she's, if she says, good night, I'm going to sleep, 30 seconds will not pass before she's in REM. Just out. She doesn't snore, but she's out. She snores a little bit. I <laughs> love you, babe. And, um, oh, I'm in trouble. So, She's out. I wake up every hour having anxiety about boat day, and I'm talking to God about all my anxiety. I'm like, oh, God, please give me peace. God, please give me peace. God, please help me stop being a freak. Like, I just, I want to look forward to boat day. And, and I felt like God said to me in the moment, I felt like God was like, hey, remember everything I brought you through? Relax. I got you. And I believe God wants to tell some of you today, you have permission to enjoy where you're at. 
you have permission to enjoy, enjoy this phase of life. And sometimes we need a breakthrough to allow us to do that. And sometimes the best way to get that breakthrough is to remember what God's already brought you through. And so I get out my phone, it's like four in the morning and she's out and I'm having a moment with God and I'm just like, I just start writing down all the stuff he's got me through. And I just like went back to the start. And I'm like, well, my mom had me when she was in high school and, and my biological father left and my mom was a heroin addict and, and then she put me in a car seat when I was an infant on a stranger's porch and put a note on it saying, please take care of him. And she went and jumped off of a bridge into oncoming traffic to kill herself. And, and then I, and I typed, but God, you miraculously saved her life physically that day. And then you saved her life spiritually one day. And we got through that. Like we made it. And I started thinking about like when I was a young adult and I, and I was addicted to some stuff and my life was spinning out of control and I sat down one day to take my own life and God miraculously put some people in my life and literally that day I got a call and I was taken to a church and I found salvation and I was forgiven and redeemed and renewed and I get to be a pastor today and I'm just typing on my phone going, I got through that. And then he was like, remember, remember that whole move to Denver thing? And, and God, I, we felt like called us to, come to Denver and help our friends start a church and we had no place to live and no money and my wife was pregnant and no insurance and no family and no way to pay our bills and, and God was like, remember how I miraculously paid your bills every month and miraculously got you insurance and miraculously got you a free place to live? You got through that. And, and remember what I brought you through and I'm just like, my wife's out, I'm having revival next to her just typing on my phone. And, and we got up the next morning and we were getting ready and I forgot the plan. And Jill comes in the room and she's like, hey, I'm gonna go tell him that we're not gonna be able to go on the boat, honey. I'll be right back. And I go, no, 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 hey, babe. Let's go on a boat ride. And what she didn't know is because in my head, I'm going, I'm gonna stand in faith, even though this is, it's not that serious, but it was real for me in the moment. I'm gonna believe for a breakthrough because I spent all night remembering what God's brought me through. And some of you, you need to go home today and make a list. You need to just make a list because sometimes we forget. And then we forget that we forgot. And you need to make a list of all the things that God has done for you and brought you through in that time you didn't think you could make it. And that time he protected you. And that time he provided for you. And that time he brought that person into your life at the right time. And that time. And then listen, you take out what you wrote today. Here's what I need a breakthrough in. And you lay it on the table. And then you take this list of everything he's brought you through. And you put it next to it. And you say, Satan, I'm going to stand in faith for my breakthrough on this one. Because I know everything he's brought me through on this one. If you need a breakthrough, I'm telling you, start to remind yourself what God's already brought you through and start expecting it. Psalm 77, 11, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. Say this one with me. Put that up. Put that next slide up if you would. Say this with me. I can stand in faith for my breakthrough because I know what I've been through. I can stand in faith for my breakthrough because I know what I've been through. Take that home with you today. Start to stand on that. When you need a breakthrough, start to think about the things you've been through and start to think about what you look through. This is huge. Let's, let's reread verse two. The Lord said to Joshua, see, I need you to see differently. See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands. He hadn't. It hadn't happened yet. Nothing had happened. Walls hadn't fallen. No battle had been won. They were still as stuck and as confused and uncertain as they'd ever been. 
See, I need you to see the promise, though. I've delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. He says, you just got to start seeing differently. All you see is everything that's not working out and all the problems. I want you to start seeing who I am and all the promises. It's a different way to see. See, when we feel stuck, especially when it's like, I know God's calling me to this. I know God wants me to have breakthrough in this, but I feel stuck. We start to look at our life through a lens and we have to decide. We get to decide the lens and it's either the lens of here's what's not working. Here's what's not happening. Here's what I don't have. Here's what I don't understand. Here's the pain I feel. Here's my feelings of uncertainty. That's a lens, all the problems or We look through our life through a different lens and it's all the promises. I don't know what's going to happen, but I know my God's with me and I know my God has a plan and I know my God has a purpose and I know my God loves me. See, it's a different lens. We have to choose which lens to look through. In fact, would you put up that list of promises? Some of you need to take a screenshot of this. These are also on the app. This is an arsenal for you to take into your prayer room this week. And I want you to start standing on some of these scriptures and and, and start talking about these scriptures and start thinking about this. And instead of getting together with your friends and all you do is describe the problems, what if you got together with your friends and said, I don't know what's going on, but God has a purpose for my life and a plan for my life and he's working in my life and he's protecting me and loves me and accepts me. You see that? And his power's working in me. His spirit's running through me. I can do more than I think I can. I can outlast this situation. I can stand for a breakthrough because I've changed what I look through. I'm looking through a different lens. And, and for some of you, I know, I know you hear stuff like this and you go, that sounds good in church, but I'm trying to do real life. I'm telling you, this is real life. My 15 year old was 15 this summer has just turned 16 year old son reminded me of this this summer. A bunch of you, if this is your church, you know, a little bit of our story, but my son went to Africa this summer and he came back with a parasite and he got really sick and they couldn't figure out what it was. And we spent a week in the hospital and five nights in ICU. He went into septic shock twice, respiratory failure. By night five in the ICU, he'd gained about 15 pounds. All his organs were swelling up and starting to shut down. And they were starting to give us percentages of the chances of him living. And we are a mess, as you can imagine. Me and my wife are crying buckets of tears as I walk around the hospital every night at three and four and five in the morning. I don't get it. I don't get it, God. Be with us. Heal my son. Like, you know the deal. And, and I, a miracle happened. And, and, and I wish I had time to tell you the whole story, but I've, t- I've shared it before, so some of you know it. A miracle happened. They found one parasite in one red blood cell. They were able to treat him. Three days later, we took him home. It was unbelievable, right? So so we get him home and he's laying in his bed. He can't do anything. He's got to stay in bed for like a week and he's all swollen up. And I, and I said, I said, E, I said, man, you've never, you've never been emotional this whole time. Like I can't imagine being 15 and going through what you just went through. You haven't cried once. Like me and mom have cried buckets. And I said, son, it, it's okay. I don't, I mean, are, are, you, are you trying to be tough? Because you don't have to be. I just want you to know you don't have to be. Like, you could be real with me, and, and you can cry if you want. And I mean, without hesitation, my son goes, Dad, I was never scared. I said, what do, you, what do you mean you were never scared? He goes, God has a calling on my life. 
He's not gonna let me die. See, that summer he went to, the, the summer before he went to a youth camp and felt like God placed a calling on his life, gave him a promise for his life. And so now, a year later, when he's in the midst of the biggest tragedy he's ever faced, he didn't blink because he knows, I don't look at what I'm going through, I'm looking at the promises. So then I go back in my bedroom and I start crying again thinking, God, I wish you'd give me the faith that my 15-year-old has. The lens that we look through changes our experience. Any of you guys wear contacts? Oh, there will be no contacts in heaven. We will have laser vision, superhero x-ray vision in heaven. Guys, I, I, if, if, if I had glasses on, like they, they'd be like binoculars, okay? My contacts are crazy. If I take my contacts out, the whole world goes blurry. I can't see anything. If you stand in front of me, I can't see you. I can't read a book. I can't drive. I can't go anywhere. Like if I lived before contacts, I'd just sit at home and wait for Jill to feed me. Like that's it. <laughs> and she's like, oh, that's about what you do now. So I love you, Jill. So hot. Gosh, I love you. Um, here's what I do, though. And those of you with, with eye issues, you know the drill. You go to the doctor and they put this thing in front of you and, and they, you look through lenses, don't you? And, and then they go like this. They go, one or two. Two or one. And then I go, I don't know. Can you go back? One or two. You know that, right? And they adjust. Listen, listen. This, this is, they adjust the lenses. And by the time I leave, I put a different lens over my eyes. I look through a different lens. It changes what I can do in this life. It changes where I can go in this life. It changes what I can experience in this life. And I believe God wants to say to some of you, you got to start looking through a different lens. It's going to change the way you live. And it's going to give you the freedom to stand in faith for your breakthrough. You need a breakthrough. I want you to think about what you've been through, what you look through, and last, who's walking with you. Oh, this is key. Let's keep reading. Verse three, march around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Notice the first thing God did as they're starting to believe for a miracle is he said, be real careful and selective about who you walk with while you're believing for a miracle can't go with everybody. In fact, I was reading this passage over and over this week in my Bible, and, and I like to mark up my Bible. And would you put that picture of my Bible up there? You don't need to read any of the words yet. I just want you to see the picture. Don't judge me. It's Jill's highlighter. Real men use pink. And so, but I highlighted a section, and then I drew a big line and an arrow, and I wrote some stuff in the bottom. All right, so let me, let me zoom in on that top part. March around the city with everybody in the nation, with everybody I've been doing life with, with everybody I grew up with? No. With a very specific group of people, with an armed guard going ahead of the ark of the Lord. And I wrote there, he did it with other believers. To fight for a breakthrough, you need to walk with people who are heading in the same direction, who are following the same God, looking for the same kind of breakthrough. Because who you ride with determines where you go in life. Zoom into that bottom piece. I wrote this a couple years ago, and it just hit me again this week. I said this, you can't follow God with everyone. There's going to be a time in your life when God calls you to do something, calls you to be something, calls you to make some changes, says, I got a next level kind of stuff, kind of thing in store for your life. You're not going to be able to go with everybody. You need, listen, there are no neutral relationships in your life, and you're not above the law. I know you think you are, because I always do too. 
You gotta start being selective. I sat in my office this week with a guy who was just so broken up about, I need a breakthrough. I have an addiction. I wanna get past it. I wanna get through this. And the first question I asked him is, who are you doing life with? Because who you ride with determines where you end up. I said, listen, we were at the Littleton campus. I said, let's say you wanna go to Arvada. You can hope I wanna be in Arvada. You can tell people, I'm called to Arvada. You can pray, God, take me to Arvada. You go out in the parking lot and get in a car with people going to Park Meadows, you're never going to get to Arvada, no matter how many prayers you prayed or good intentions you had. Because who you ride with determines where you go. And the problem is, and we do this at every age of our life, we just sort of get in relationship, and sometimes we don't even know where they came from, and it's just convenient in the space in life we're at, and we just start kind of riding with people. And, and we don't really think about, like, we don't prioritize, like, do you care about God? Do you, do you, do you want to pursue God? Are you, you wanting to get closer to God? We don't, we just make, that's just, I worry about that on the weekends when I go to church. But no, then, then what we do is we, we start riding with them. And then they go in a direction that we really didn't want to go, but, you know, we're just riding. And then we end up in a place we never really wanted to be. And then we make decisions that we never really wanted to make. And then we suffer consequences that we never wanted to have in our life. And it's usually about them we start blaming God for what's going wrong. Like, where are you, God? And how could you let this? And he's like, I never let this. In fact, I've been begging you to march this way, but you just got in, the, you got in a car with the wrong people heading in the wrong direction. When you're standing for a breakthrough, you gotta ask yourself, who's walking with you? It changes the game. Verse four, have you have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark? The ark is, is the, the ark of the covenant. It represents the presence of God for them. You see what he's saying? He's saying, I want you to walk with people who are following God and then make sure you're prioritizing the presence of God. Walk with people who are following God, then prioritize the presence of God. Don't you dare go into this battle without the presence of God at the forefront. And I just want to remind you that in the same way I need to be reminded today, listen, the reason you wrote down what you wrote down, the reason it's still something you need to be set free from, the reason it's still something you need a breakthrough in that area is because we can't do it on our own. If you could do it on your own, you would have already done it. You'd already be free. So this is one of those things that we need to go, I gotta stop trying to do this on my own. There's nothing heroic about that. I need the creator of the universe and his Holy Spirit to start working in my life. I need a supernatural breakthrough. It happens when we start to prioritize the presence of God. I'm gonna walk with people who are pursuing God and I'm gonna prioritize the presence of God. I'm gonna walk in the presence of God. Guys, that's why we make worship albums. It's so that, it's so that you, can, you can download the songs like that just came out this weekend or whoever else you like listening to. And what if just this week you started something and what if it caught on? What if it was a spark? And what if it lit a fire in your relationship with God because you just said, you know what, what I'm going to start doing? I'm just going to take a few minutes. I'm going to start small. I'm going to baby step this thing, but I need to spend time in the presence of God. So you know what I'll do? I'll listen to one song and I'm going to read one chapter and I'm going to say one prayer. That would be such an amazing start for so many of us in this church family if you just start prioritizing the presence of God. Look what happens when we spend time in the presence of God. There's joy in his presence. There's power in his presence. There's rest and peace and guidance and protection and confidence. And we could keep going and going and going. God says there are life-changing things that happen when you prioritize my presence. So if you need a breakthrough, church, I want you to think about what you've been through what you're looking through, and who's walking with you. 
These things will help every single one of us as we start pursuing our own breakthrough. See, but, but the, the, the problem for us is, is we don't think we qualify sometimes. And I just want to speak to that for a second. In fact, would, would every single one of you at every location, would you grab that card that you wrote on? Maybe get it out of your purse or pocket or wherever you put it. Would you grab that card for just a second? I know the feeling of I'm just not worthy and it feels selfish to ask for this kind of stuff. And the truth is I've asked before and it hasn't seemed to happen. And, and what if this time though you didn't just ask? What if this time you said I'm gonna ask and I'm also gonna fight to take hold of the freedom that you've provided we, me with God? Would you hold those cards up for just a second? I want you to start seeing this differently. See, sometimes we read this story and we picture one or two bricks falling off the wall and like they went in single file. That's not what happened. The whole thing came down, guys. Listen, when you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout and the wall will collapse. The whole thing's coming down. We don't need a partial breakthrough in anxiety and depression. We need the whole thing to come down. We don't need a little breakthrough in this area of sin or the habit or the emotions or the fear. We need the whole thing to come down, right? I want you to see it differently. I want this to be your mental picture of faith. This is the kind of breakthrough we're pursuing today. And listen, you do qualify. You can put it down. I know some of your shoulders are burning. <laughs> While Jesus said, I came to bring you life and life to the fullest, Satan's goal is to steal and to kill and destroy all that God wants to do. And, and if he can't take it from you, he'll try and get in your head and just say, you don't qualify for it. How are you going to ask for a breakthrough? Look what you've been doing. And that's it. And that's all sometimes we need. And we throw in the towel. We go, you're right. I'll just live with it. It's just... Just my lot in life, I'll just live with it because, yeah, I want breakthrough, but look at me like, I don't deserve that. And I want you to know that is a lie. You're a king's kid. You're an heir to the throne. You're a child of God. And he wants you to know you deserve and he wants you to experience breakthrough. And listen, there's nothing selfish about it. Sometimes we feel selfish. There's nothing selfish about it. In fact, some of you need to flip that entire thought on its head. The fact that you're asking for a breakthrough is actually going to start a domino effect in your life. Listen, somebody in your life needs a breakthrough, so you better start fighting for yours so you can start being a covering for somebody else and helping somebody else. Somebody in your school needs a breakthrough. You gotta start fighting for yours. Somebody in your family needs a breakthrough. You gotta start fighting for yours. Somebody in your workplace needs a breakthrough. You gotta fight for yours so you can turn around and share what you've experienced with somebody else. There's nothing selfish about it. Remember this, church, our breakthrough. It's not just about us. Your breakthrough is not just about you. It's about the people God wants to change through you. We can start standing in faith for that. Would you stand up with me at every single location? I wanna pray for you. God, I pray that you would begin to speak to us right now in Jesus' name. I pray that as we begin to worship you in a way that this church family has never done before on a weekend, I pray that you would just bring peace and joy and your presence. I pray that weights would be lifted off our shoulders, that people would be set free, that breakthrough would become our reality, that we would begin to stand in faith for it, knowing we deserve it, and it's what you want for us. And I thank you for that. 
Guys, with everyone's eyes closed, let me ask a couple questions. The first one is this. You are a Christ follower. Maybe you have been for years, but you know today, I need a breakthrough. Enough is enough is enough. I need a breakthrough. God, would you help me? If that's you, raise your hand. I'm gonna say a prayer for you. I'm gonna believe in faith with you. Come on, church. The second question is this. You don't have a relationship with Jesus yet, but like you can feel it. You may not even have known why you got brought here today or why you wandered into one of these locations or why you're listening or watching remotely, but you can feel it right now. God is dealing with you in your heart and you just know this is my time. This is my day. I need to ask God to forgive me of my sins. I don't know how this is gonna work. I'm not gonna be perfect, but to the best of my ability, I wanna follow you, Jesus. I want your spirit living within me in the here and now, and I want heaven forever. If that's you and you know, this is my moment to make that decision. Raise your hand, I'm gonna say a prayer for you. Raise them up high. Oh, come on, my gosh, church, hands all over the place. Keep raising them. Raise them up, Brussels, Austin. God behind bars, just respond to what God's doing. Raise him up. God, I thank you that you're with us in this moment. I can sense your presence in this room, God. I thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for the breakthrough that's about to happen. I thank you, God, for the eternal lives that are being changed right now. In Jesus' name, God, it is our honor to begin worshiping you. And I thank you. And everybody said, amen. amen. Listen, listen, I'm going to read this verse one last time. And I'm going to ask you to do something at every location that I've never asked you to do on a weekend. We're just going to get crazy today. And listen, if you're a visitor, just let us get crazy or jump in and watch what God will do. Okay? But here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to get out of your seat, come to the front, move out into the aisles, come as close to this as possible, and we're going to get after it in some worship. And here's why. Listen, when you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, get the music going. Have the whole army give a loud shout. Start praising and worshiping because it's then, then the wall of the city will collapse. And here's what they learned that day. There's going to be so many times in our life, church, where God does something. We get a victory and we start worshiping for it. And we go, God, thank you for that victory. But then there's going to be times in our lives where we worship until we see victory. And that's what they learned that day. Every now and then you go, I'm worshiping because I got a breakthrough. And sometimes you go, no, today I'm worshiping until I get one. Today I'm going to worship until the walls fall down. That's what we're about to do. Would you step out of your seats? Start to come forward. Come on, men, let's lead our families, men. Come on, babe, you come with me. Kids, you come with me. Let's go. Let's get after it. Let's worship God in a way that is unusual for us. But listen, that's okay. Sometimes you want something you haven't had before. You do something you haven't done before, right? Church, let's worship till the walls come down.